Welcome to the Goddess Talk Podcast, a platform inspiring you to remember your power, step into your divine purpose, and activate your most fulfilling, abundant life. Join me and my guests for conversations around spirituality, self-development, wellness, women's empowerment, and soul-led business. I'm so grateful to have you with me. Let's jump in. Hi, my loves. Welcome back to the Goddess Talk podcast. I hope you are having an incredible holiday season and transition from the end of the year and into the new year. And then it's just been super relaxing and nourishing for you. I am super happy to bring you an interview today. We haven't had an interview in quite a few episodes. We've been rocking the solo episodes recently. This is a chat with one of my good friends, Leah Pardee, who is a manifestation teacher, a breathwork guide, and a business mentor whose mission is to empower women to believe in themselves and take action towards creating their dreamiest, juiciest, and most fully expressed lives. I'm obsessed with what she does. She's also the host of the Bare Naked Soul podcast and is the author of Confessions of an Uncaged Soul. And we talk all about the power of breathwork and the benefits of breathwork spiritually, emotionally, physically, creatively, what to expect in a breathwork session, and why breathwork can be so powerful for people who have resistance to meditation. And we also explore what it looks like to take breathwork and spirituality with you beyond a practice or a morning routine and what it looks like to really live a present life. And then we also explore the balance of having goals and intentions and dreams while also really embracing the whole journey in manifestation. And then we get into a real and raw chat about entrepreneurship, some of the myths and illusions that we see in the space, the challenges that so many of us experience, but a lot of people are not talking about. So super juicy. We don't hold back. Um, And it was so much fun to have her on. I think you guys are really going to enjoy this episode. Also loves, I do have two really special ways to work with me as we move into 2023. The first is Unstoppable. Prices will be going up for this one-on-one journey in the new year. This, the vibe of this program is nothing is in my way. There is no past experience or perceived limitation or present obstacle or challenging environment that truly has any power over my me or my experience. This is about understanding that right now exactly where you are as you are you get to open to the results and the impact that is on your heart to create whether it is the soul sister clients that come out of nowhere and sign with ease or that love to stay with you long term and resign or it is the authentic aligned community that you cultivate the 
real genuine engagement on your social media or it is really stepping into your thought leadership letting your message be spread it is the collaborations the speaking opportunities whatever that looks like for you this program will focus on the exact belief work the exact energetic work the exact identity work that allows you to take up more space get bigger get bolder in your mission and the exact strategic refinement that allows you to focus on the powerful action that truly moves the needle forward in your business around your purpose in your soul work in your artistry I would love to have you. The link to join is in the show notes for that. You can also send me a DM. I'm at I am Kristen Lynch if you want to chat more and make sure this is a good fit. And then I also have a new offering, a mini one-on-one intensive package that is for the woman who is feeling stuck in one realm of her life from being too far in her masculine energy so it could be around her health or her body it could be around her business or her work it could be around her love or her relationships or maybe it is in regards to her spirituality her healing journey her personal development we will get you unblocked by activating your feminine energy it may look like bringing some softness some surrender some ease flow trust openness into your experience or it may look like tapping into your inner fire your personal power your magnetism your unapologetic expression your self-trust this is a one session plus one full week of voice note coaching with me and if you want to see all the details you can check out the link in the show notes or also send me a dm on instagram at i am kristen lynch to explore if this is a good fit this is 111 dollars right now and there are limited spots available all right my loves i will leave it there enjoy this episode with leah party Welcome back to the Goddess Talk podcast. I am here with Leah Pardee, who is a good friend of mine in the coaching and healing and podcasting space. And she has been on the show before. This is her second appearance. So if you want to check out the first episode that we did together, I will link it in the show notes. I'm super excited to have you, my love. Welcome. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to be here. Um, yeah, we, Kristen and I met in person for the first time. Was it, it was like a year and a half ago, actually, wasn't it? It yeah. wasn't this summer. Almost a year and a half. Yeah. Oh it was, my God. So it's just crazy. To, like, it's it feels crazy. like it does not feel like it's been that long. Yeah. And it's, it's fun to then like be able to have these conversations when we've already met and been friends for a couple of years, but it, we probably met online three or four years ago, probably three years ago. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I think so. And yeah, it's so weird because I feel like we've met in person more than we have, but it's only been once that we spent like the whole weekend together. And I feel like everything we talked about then could have been a podcast. So we're like, let's just record again. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's yeah. It's like soul sisters. Like it feels like we've known each other for so much longer and met more times in person. It's crazy. Yeah, I feel like we've also gotten to witness like 
different iterations of each other's businesses and podcasts. And I'm always obsessed with what you do and everything always resonates. And it's just exciting to like, see where your mission and your work goes. Same right back at you. Okay, cool. So we're super excited. We're going to probably talk about breath work. Leah's all about breath work. She's a breath work facilitator. We're going to talk about entrepreneurship and business. We might talk a little bit about manifestation as well. That's another one of your jams. So let's, let's start with breath work. I don't think at the time that we recorded our last episode, you were teaching breath work yet. So I'd love to hear, and I'd love for our listeners to hear a little bit about like how you got into breath work and how long you've been doing it and what inspired you to ultimately get certified and start teaching? Yeah. So almost four years ago now, I discovered meditation. I feel like since then it's, it's meditation is kind of blown up and breath work and a lot of these things, right. It's like much more, it could be, it could be my imagination that like my world I've created around myself is like people who are into this stuff, but I feel like it's, it's definitely blowing up. Yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, heard about it four years ago. And like, I, at that time, I seriously felt like I had never heard of it before. Like, I think I read it in a book and I had maybe little tiny memories of it being in other books, but I didn't know a single soul who meditated. I thought this is like kind of weird. Like this is like, you know, not something that people like me would be doing. And um, at the time, I really resonated with Christianity a lot more than I do now. I'm much more spirit, like spiritual now, but not religious. And at the time, I remember thinking, um, is God going to be mad if I meditate? Like, what if this is bad? And uh, I feel that. <laughs> I feel well, that. Then, I, then I was looking in the Bible and meditation is everywhere, mm-hmm. but not taught in church. Fascinating. I could we could talk for two hours about that. <laughs> Truly, yes. that also probably opened up the door for me to explore like spirituality more and and you know what what things from the Bible are so potent but have been kind of selectively muted by religion. So, anyways, I decided to give it a whirl and I was like, okay, I'm going to do this for for one month. I'm going to do this for like five minutes a day. I can do that, and then. Um, probably halfway through the month, I was like, okay, well, I can also do it like five minutes right before bed. So I was doing it right before, like in the morning and right before bed. So 10 minutes a day total, not a lot of time commitment, but it was totally changing my life. I mean, I I had never been someone to know stillness before. Mm-hmm. I never was ever without sound and noise and my thoughts and distraction. And so it was just so crazy for me. And that very quickly led to me, you know, it was around the same time that I started my blog and my online presence, becoming a life coach, the whole thing. But I decided to start teaching meditation online. So I started doing that. And I did that for about a year or so. And people were just constantly reaching out saying, Leah, I, I understand that you, I like, I want to meditate, but I just can't. Like, you don't understand. I can't do it. My mind won't shut up, whatever. And so throughout this time, I also had discovered breathwork and was doing it at, on my own too. And I thought, wow. Breathwork is really the thing that kind of comes first because it's much easier to do breathwork than it is to meditate. Like breathwork is you doing something, like you're doing something, you're following breathing, a breathing exercise. Mm-hmm. And then you can go into meditation much easier versus just sitting down without your cell phone and like being in stillness. That's like anxiety inducing for most people. Um, so I was like, this is really the thing that people need to learn who feel like they can't meditate. And also with breathwork, it shuts off the default mode network part of the brain, which is that chatterbox, that constant thinking that's just like our normal. 
So with that shut off, meditation afterwards becomes so much easier. So Mm. all of that led me to becoming a facilitator. And um, yeah, now I've been, I teach both now, like together usually. So it's been so game changing. I feel like, you know, with it too, I, it's been a way for me to process emotions and move through emotions and learn that I am not my emotions. They're, they're something I can observe and feel and experience and move through without becoming them. So yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Mm. I love, I've never heard anyone describe breath work as almost like the bridge between life and chaos and fast paced living and our to-do list and modern society. And then like dropping into the body, releasing emotions so that then we can enter stillness. And I feel like that's so, it's so true. So many people struggle with like that abrupt change from life to then just, I'm, I'm, there's nothingness. Like I'm in the void. I'm in meditation. And that's very confronting and uncomfortable and can even feel really unsafe for people who have trauma or don't feel comfortable being in their body or don't feel feel comfortable being um, in silence or being in deep presence. So I love that you use breath work as the bridge there. That's really beautiful. Yeah. And I never thought about like calling it the bridge, but I think that's brilliant because that is like what it is. It's, it's a really powerful way to, yeah, it gives you something to do. And that's, isn't our society so obsessed with doing? And of course you and I are like, fuck that, but also like, (laughs) it's a bridge. It's like, okay, you're obsessed with doing and you can't relax. I get it. I've been there here's something to do that then leads you slowly into like the stillness realm. Yes. Yeah. I think that's exactly it. Like we are so programmed to feel safe in doing. And so breathwork kind of gives us that sense of like, okay, I'm doing something. There's something to focus on. I'm quote unquote accomplishing something here because it's, it feels more tangible than just like sitting in the nothingness that meditation can feel like, but then in the process of doing, there's also so much healing that's going on. There's all much, there's also so much like relaxation and release that's happening without you even having to try. Yeah. Yeah. And I love it too. It feels like to me, I also feel like breath work is like a, a really good pattern disruptor. Like when I am really in my head or I'm feeling really flighty or anxious or ungrounded, it just like snaps me, snaps me right back into the body. It's like a, it's like one of the best ways to just like rewild that I found yeah exactly it's it makes you feel so grounded and like at peace and then you can then you can be more in that stillness afterwards and and maybe you even then like do your like and I feel like it's helped me so much with like connecting to my intuition and all of those things that are so blocked when we don't feel safe in our bodies yeah so tell us like tell us some of the other benefits so creativity and um you mentioned emotional healing. What else can people use breathwork for? Well, I think to me, the biggest thing is that we walk through life repressing our emotions. And thank God this is all, again, this is like my bubble and like who I follow on Instagram and the books I read. But obviously it's coming out more that like as children, maybe we shouldn't teach children like they're not allowed to cry and they need to essentially you need to repress your emotions and bottle them up so you can explode later is what we have all been taught. So yeah, throughout our lives, we just don't give ourselves permission to feel. And so, and and I I know that a lot of people, um, this is a, a journey, right? It's a journey to getting to a point where you feel so safe to express your emotions in all scenarios and all situations. And like with yourself, like 
feeling your anger, you know, letting yourself have like rage days, like letting those things out. Mm. We repress so yes. much of that. And so um, breath work is a really powerful way to stir up that those energies, energies and motion, emotions in the body um, and, and then process and release them. So that's why sometimes with breath work, especially if you're doing like more powerful um, kinds, longer sessions, like conscious connected breath work is a big one that I teach. And it's like, you're laying down. I'm sure you've done this type of breath work. You're doing like the circular breathing and you're, sometimes it's a little bit trippy. A lot of people have visuals during it. A lot of times you might experience like crying or anger or memories that come up and it's, it's, you're able to then move those emotions out of your body. So, I mean, that changed my entire life. Um, do, doing that, doing breath work and seeing how much, I guess you, in the moment, it's like, you don't always notice it. Right. But what it feels like to have that sort of healing is you walk through life and you get less triggered. Things happen and you're like, wait a minute, that person said something fucked up, but like, I'm okay. Like the old me would have flipped out. The old me would be um, really irritated right now. You know, I notice it like if I'm at the dentist, like actually the other day I was excited to go to the gynecologist <laughs> and I was going to a new gyno at like the midwife center, which is much more holistic. And like, it was like a way better experience, mm -hmm. but I was like, you know, a couple years ago, I would have been, Oh, I don't, don't want to go to the dentist. I don't want to go to the gut. Like, I don't want to do anything like that. And so much anxiety around it. But yeah, you just can release so much and, and like learn to let little things go and learn to let big things go and not have all this pain inside of you. So that's how it like shows up, you know, um, but other benefits too. I mean, there's tons of physical benefits. You're releasing toxins that you bring into the body. Um, you're strengthening your lungs and your lung capacity and lung capacity is like one of the biggest indicators of longevity in a human. So overall, it's like greatly improving your health, um, focus and concentration, which we need mm -hmm. in this day of TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Yes, we need help. Yeah. Don't you think we should like teach like kids should be learning breath work? Oh, 100 yeah. percent. Yes, they should not be on TikTok. No, <laughs> TikTok the breathwork app and you win parent of the yes. year. Your kid will hate you. Really? They'll thank you later. They'll thank you later. So, okay. I love that you brought up rage. It's actually right before we got on this um, interview, I saw a post online. It said something along the lines of like, our, our rage is sacred. And one of the things in particular about rage is that it interrupts the trance of unworthiness. And that's what was coming through when you were talking as well is one, we can, a breathwork practice helps us to become less reactive to the emotions that we feel day to day, but also it allows us to process our emotions in a way that they can actually be gifts to us. They can actually be clarifying for us. They can be informative to us. They can show us what's not working in our lives and they can redirect us to a path or habits or, um, relationships or identities or whatever it may be that are actually aligned with who we are at a soul level. And so I think that's another beautiful way that we can use breath work. It's like, okay, rather than running away from our emotions and thinking they're wrong and demonizing them, like let's, let's process them so we can receive what they have for us. Mm, yes. That is so, 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 so good. Yeah. Like they're there for a reason. If we weren't supposed to have emotions, 
why would they be part of our experience? Why would we cry tears if like, we're not supposed to ever cry? Yes. Yeah. Will you talk as well about, because I think this is something that a lot of people struggle with when going into a breathwork practice. um, What do you recommend to people? Like, do you recommend that they set an intention for something that they want to move through or process or do people then tend to get really attached to an outcome? And is it better to just go in open, open-minded and receive whatever, whatever ends up happening? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I normally do um, have people set an intention, something to focus on, because I do think there's a lot of power in using breathwork as a tool to like release something, let something go, uh, move through something or invite something in. But yeah, I definitely, I could see how people might get, might get attached to the outcome, but that's definitely something that I feel like I, at least in my sessions, I talk through like, and I prep people with like, not to expect any certain thing to happen because I know you and I have had this discussion before too, like with, um, with breathwork, sometimes it, it becomes about the trippiness, you know, cause sometimes you have. <laughs> have some crazy stuff that can happen um mm-hmm. especially if you're someone who sees visuals so it's like not about that right like that's that's cool if that happens but that's not that's not what it's about and we don't want to like force that or or need that you know what I mean so it's very much about like keeping it open in terms of what you expect like if you don't cry that it wasn't a bad breathwork session you know it doesn't mean you didn't release anything so um I think in life you know, this brings up something, this brings up like manifestation too, but like there's this line between, we want to expect good things, right? We want to believe in good things and expect good things, but sometimes our expectations can become, I don't know, like if we expect something really specific and it doesn't happen, it can be disappointing. And often life is not going to give you exactly what you want or exactly what you think you need it's going to give you what you actually need Mm -hmm. so yeah with breathwork and with everything in life it's like believing in believing in the best and the highest good for all and being open to how that manifests and what exactly that is Mm -hmm. yeah I almost I feel like often the like what we're desiring like the energetic root or how we're going to feel we think that it should manifest in this one particular way and this really really we have this really narrow idea of the way that that would look but often it comes through with the same energetic core or it gives us the same feelings but it actually looks a little bit differently and that's just our own blind spots like that's just our own limitations as humans and sometimes we get exactly what we intended and other times it comes through in a slightly different form and that's okay we're still fulfilled energetically emotionally at the core yeah yeah and that's why it's like so important to focus on the feelings, right? Like what, how do you want to feel? What's the vibration that you're, what's, what is the energy versus like, okay, I want this exact specific thing to happen in my outer reality. Um, and I, you know, I've, I'm so totally guilty of this, like manifesting something specific, let's say like in business. And I'm like, okay, I want this result. And then something else shows up that let's say gives me like the same amount of money, but it didn't come from the way I wanted it to come. So now I'm upset. It's like, <laughs> come on. Yes. You know, like that's, that's us not being open to like the magic of life unfolding in the way that it's meant to. 
And it's not us trusting life that like things are always working in our favor, right? So yeah, I feel like it's a really easy trap to get into. A hundred percent. And I also wanted to say um, back to what you had said about sometimes we can get really, it's easy to almost like almost the spiritual community has glamorized breathwork in a way where if you're not having this crazy trippy out of body experience, like you're not doing it right, or you're not hardcore enough. And I think those experiences are beautiful. There's of course a time and place for them. And ultimately the reason that we're doing breathwork is to be here is to impact the way that we live our lives here not to be out of our bodies and go have a trippy experience and astral travel or whatever it is. Like it's ultimately to live a better life, to live our potential here on earth, to interact with the humans in our life in a better way. And so I think there's a balance between like having the trippy experience and then also having a really embodied experience. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those things where is it really spiritual that you like need to have this external whole thing happen or like, you know what I mean? How like a lot of times in the spiritual community, it'll be like glamorizing something external, but really, but like, isn't it about the here and now? And it's there's like that saying, I think it's about yoga. It's like, you don't do yoga to get better at yoga. You do yoga to get better at life. I feel yes. that so much about breathwork meditation. Like you do it to get better at life. Yes. Yes. hundred percent. And I feel like that's something that I've just seen so much in, in you, even in just witnessing your journey is I love how much your spiritual practice seems to be integrated in the way that you live your life. And you are like, so in touch with your nature and also nature outside of you, like the nature on this planet and you're so connected spiritually. And so I'd love for you to share a little bit as well, like how, your spiritual practice is not just what you do for a few minutes in the morning, but how that's, that's thread through all of the ways that you live your life and maybe what you've seen. Um, yeah. How presence has impacted the way that you show up to life in general. Yeah, absolutely. It's so much more than just like what you do in the morning for like your morning routine, which I'm all about a morning routine. I love my mornings, but it's like, yeah. How are you integrating that into your day? How are you reacting when, you know, something goes wrong when, you know, when someone says something that you don't like, that has an opinion you don't, you don't agree with, are you able to be present or are you like ruminating and thoughts about how it's should have been different? And I can't believe this happened and this shouldn't have happened. Like, are you, are you attaching to those thoughts or can you be locked into the moment? So for me, like the biggest part of my practice truly isn't even like breath work or meditation or yoga, which I do almost every day. It's the moments in between, like in between meetings, like, can I be present with my meal that I'm eating and with friends, you know, am I able to not be on my phone all the time? And like, how conscious am I of my, of my habits of picking up my phone, looking at social media? Like, am I doing it intentionally or is it just unconscious? So it's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's like in the spaces between and it's being, it's just awareness. Really. I feel like it all comes down to awareness and being present and it's so powerful. It's, it makes you, I mean, it's not just like it's, it's intuitive and it's creativity and all of that pouring in, but it's also 
it's like safety. Like, do you notice mm, when yeah. you're not paying attention, you make more mistakes, whether it's like cooking or driving the car or, you know, anything. It's, so it's, it's awareness and it's presence and it fills you with something really magical. Mm, yes, yes, yes. This is, I mean, I just, this has been my experience too. And then the other really beautiful thing is like, also then the things that are beautiful in our life and the pleasure and the joy and the freedom, we also then are more alive and present for those experiences. We can actually receive them and experience them. The more that we're present to all realms of our life, the more that we get to drink in like the yumminess, the like nectar of life, the beauty of nature, we actually get to receive and experience that, which so often goes completely unnoticed when we're not connected to ourselves, when we're not connected to our emotions, when we're not present and aware. Yeah. It's like, you know, when you go out into nature and you're, maybe you were distracted by something, but now you're in that aliveness you're in that presence. And you're like, wow, I hear the bird chirping and like, I'm really hearing it. Or like, I'm looking at these trees and I'm really seeing them versus like when you're caught up in, in overthinking or caught up with your phone or with whatever distractions, you're not really experiencing it the same way yeah I noticed that too like there's so much that I never I never paid attention to and also there were so many even just environments that I used to think were like ugly there was no beauty and even in I know we've talked about as well like in winter it's so easy to be like oh it's so ugly and so gray it's so cold but when you're actually really attuned to the subtleties like there's so much to take in there's so much beauty any time of year and the more present that we are, the more like attuned we are to those really small glimpses of beauty as well. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why this whole thing, it's 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 so life-changing because it is like in those little moments, like seeing the beauty. Um, I, I think back to myself before I had ever heard a conversation like this in my life, you know, and mm-hmm. I don't think I had ever really listen to birds chirping like I don't think I had ever sat there and done nothing but listen to birds chirping and like I'm not saying I do that for hours at a time now but (laughs) I might do it for um, one or two minutes when I'm like walking to my you know like I don't think I ever did that before I think it was I was always consumed with thought always consumed with doing and always consumed with getting to the next more exciting thing rather than what's right in front of me that I can experience right now. Oh my gosh. Yes. That is, that's a really important conversation because no matter what like area it is in life, I feel like the average person in in the situation, like my old self, it was always about getting to that next thing, you know? And it's, I feel really lucky that I'm able to sink into what's in front of me and not be so obsessed with what, okay, I need this other thing to happen or I can't be happy and what's next and what can I then accomplish and what will I, what will the outcome of that be? That's such an obsession that like runs people's lives. Mm -hmm. And it's so exhausting. And I think a lot of it comes from this lack of safety in the stillness. Like it comes from safety is only in my productivity. It's only in forward movement. It's only in an upswing. There's no safety in the in the downward spirals or the ebbs and flows or the cycles of life or the seasons of life, it's always got to be fast paced and on and productive and accomplishing and forward moving. And a practice like breath work or practice like meditation 
helps us to feel more safe exactly where we are in the now and what's in front of us so that we can experience it and not be caught up in that rat race of never enough, always on to the next thing, the next milestone, the next external thing to fill the gaping hole of unsatisfaction within me. Oh my gosh, you summed that up so well. Yeah, it it definitely goes back to that. There's, like you said, like there's so much more safety in doing. And, And that's why we tell ourselves we're lazy if we're not constantly, not only being productive, but being productive where it's all linear, where we're constantly getting to the next level in every in every area, improving year over year growth, right? Making more money every single year, growing our whatever every single second of every day, or we're failing. And I mean, I see this in entrepreneurship. Like, I mean, I've experienced- yeah. Let's talk about entrepreneurship. Let's go there. Let's just go there. <laughs> I left the corporate world. I left. I thought. I left the rat race behind. I was like, I'm checking out of the rat race. I'm going to just be Mm -hmm. in flow in my business. And little did I know, I was still carrying with me all the corporate bullshit. Like, like if you don't have year over year profit increase, then you're failing. Like hustling, you know, the whole thing. Um, Attaching to specific outcomes and measuring myself constantly and I worked in sales. So literally it was the same thing. I just brought the exact same thing I was doing that I thought was so stressful right over into my business. Um, and I still notice patterns. I mean, I still, I have a, a weekly, um, every Wednesday I get together with a few girls who run businesses similar to ours. And we have like a, like a co-working masterminding day. And recently we've been talking about like what things from the corporate that we don't like, how are we still like using in our businesses? Like what subtle ways are we still like? Um, so it's definitely like still there. It's very pervasive, but have you noticed that too? Oh my gosh. Yes. And then also because it's all on social media, I the comparison is also worse because you're, it feels like you're competing with the entire industry, the entire world versus at least in a corporate setting, it's just like you and a few other coworkers or something. So it almost feels like that's amplified. And then it's also the freedom conversation is really interesting because one of the things that draws so many people to entrepreneurship is we get to be our own bosses. We get to make our own schedules. We get to charge whatever we want. And that's amazing. And A lot of people that have the right type of personality to be in entrepreneurship are very, very driven. And so when you have all of that responsibility and freedom, then it's also really hard to draw the line. Whereas when you're in corporate, you have like someone else giving you your sales quota or someone else giving you your goal or someone else telling you, okay, it's time to clock out. And then when you come into entrepreneurship, it's like you just have the opportunity to keep upping that, upping that. There's no one else giving you any markers. So you just like up it to infinity, what your goals and what you're trying to reach. And that's where it starts to feel like it's never enough. And then it's also like, we get to break out of the nine to five model, which is great. But then also like, I find myself working outside of like, it's hard to turn off my creativity and my inspiration. And I love my business. I'm obsessed with what I do. But then often when I'm out walking or with friends, I get ideas for things and I want to go, I want to go work on them. Or I feel like I have to write everything down, or I feel like I have to be plugged in to my social media or managing all the things. So I feel like 
those are two places that I experience it a lot is like setting the goals because I tend to be an overachiever and a perfectionist and want to keep going and achieving and improving. And then also with boundaries, there's no one telling me like, okay, you've, that's the other thing. No one's telling you like, okay, you've done enough. Like now you have permission to check out. You're like, you don't always, it's not always clear if you've quote unquote done enough to get the results that you're creating or not. That's a, that's really hard to concretely determine. Oh my gosh. A thousand percent. <laughs> everything you just said. Yes. Um, so many good points because it's, it's so true. I mean, yeah, I, this is just a true story. Like a few weeks ago, I was feeling, I really was feeling like I needed a break and like, so a break from my business, but also from social media, like in general, like the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And so it's funny because, um, my husband, like he started a new job this year. So he doesn't have vacation time yet, but I'll have it starting. So we have, anyways, we're going to jump in February. Um, but I don't have any, so this is the thing I tell myself, well, I can't just take a week off and be at, at home because that's stupid. I can only be worthy or deserving or whatever of it only makes sense I can only justify taking a week off from work if I'm traveling somewhere and I'm actually on a vacation like I should save it for those times mm. even though I know I need it right like my intuition is saying hey this you could really benefit like creatively like everything from yes break from all the outside noise the comparison look like Instagram the whole thing and mm-hmm. so I decided I'm going to take the whole week of Christmas off and talk to my clients and change things around and whatever, which is great. Um, but it was, it was hard because no one was going to give me permission. I can't just request off. I mean, the, the thing is, I can give myself off whenever the fuck I want, but then what, like so many of us are the perfectionist type, the overachiever type. That's like you said, that's why we're cut out for this. Not that you have to be a perfectionist to be cut out for this. Right. You have to be self-starter and extremely determined, which often in women comes out with perfectionism too. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even, so that's really interesting too. Like even just that concept of in corporate, there's often this like external authority that you can run everything through. Like you get to say, okay, to your boss, is this idea good enough? Like, is this presentation ready to, to give to whatever our clients are? Um, yeah. Can I have these days off? Like, will the company be able to survive if I take these days off? And you get this external, like external authority to tell you like, yep, that looks great. Yep. You can totally take that off and the business will be fine. Whereas when it's just you and you, it's your own business. Like there's no one giving that to you. You're the one that determines like, okay, this idea is ready. I'm going to launch this thing. You're the one that determines like, okay, this post is ready. I'm going to share this. The podcast art is good to go. Okay. I'm going to take a week off and I'm going to trust what I've built. I'm going to, or I, I, I'm going to decide that I'm going to set up what needs to be set up so that the business can keep running when I'm gone. Like, it's just, there's, do you know what I'm saying? There's no one to give you that sense of I'm good. There's no one else. It's just you giving yourself that, that, that validation that, um, and that's a really big change for people that are used to outsourcing their power or their confirmation. It's like, all an inner, an inner authority. Yeah. It's incredibly hard. And that's why, you know, I hate, I honestly hate the messaging where it's always like, that's why you need a coach in every podcast episode. And in every post, like 
that's like annoying but like I do think especially in the beginning like you and I've talked about how like we don't always have a coach and we don't think you should always have a coach like right me on your own autonomously are powerful but I think for me in the beginning of my business especially I benefited from having more of that being in masterminds and now having my like Wednesday co-working day like that's what a lot of what we do hey is this thing good enough? And it's, it's funny because half the day is us just clearing up each other's limiting beliefs. And you're like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that's <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And like, yeah. it out. and I, I just feel like we need community. I do not yes. believe we're not lone animal. Like we don't, humans can't survive on their own. That's not how humanity has ever been meant to be. So, um, finding your people, like no matter where you live, you probably can find some people who run a similar business or how, you know, whatever it is in your life that you're navigating, find those people and like get together with them, you know, or look for mentors or or masterminds. Like it is really helpful to have those people. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think it's so true. And as much as I'm about like personal responsibility. Like you don't need any validation. Like those are all limiting beliefs. It's like, yes, that's true. And it just makes our journey a lot easier when one, we do have a little external validation. Like there's nothing wrong with our human need to have someone give us feedback or, um, lift us up with them one. And then two, just that, just knowing that there's other people in this that really understand intimately, like what this really takes and the highs and lows of this experience and just fully sees you when probably most people in your life have no idea what you even do or don't understand or don't understand what you go through, don't understand the struggles or, um, or other people to like celebrate with you. Like other people that don't understand the significance of the wins that you have too. It's so valuable to have even just a small group of sisters in your life. And even if you can't find a lot in person, like online if you can talk with people regularly like it truly is so important and it 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 could be in the realm of like having a coach or having a mastermind but it could also just be like having a few friends that you check in on regularly or that you like go in and support each other's work and follow along like that really seems so small and yet makes such a big difference yeah like even how you and I met we actually had the same coach but we were in different cohorts I think of her mastermind or something and that's Mm -hmm. how we got introduced but we were on each other's podcast three years ago and we haven't talked I mean I looking back I think we should have talked a lot more like done more zoom calls like we could have done (laughs) I know and we still (laughs) could do more (laughs) but even just watching each other's stories and being someone that cheers each other on that's been huge for me you know what I mean um truly been big yeah 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 like engaging with each other's posts like whatever it is it it truly it is huge yeah yeah good yeah and I feel like um yeah one of the things that you mentioned at the beginning of this too was like we were talking earlier about expectations versus reality yeah and this let's go the, there yeah this is one of those things where there's a, like, we could talk for two hours about the downfalls of entrepreneurship, the things that are really hard, right? We totally could, but we have to also be willing to me. It's like, if you're going to do this, you have to be willing to be okay with those things, you know? And I think this is an important conversation for anyone who's like new to this, or maybe is thinking about starting a business. It's like, 
You get to have the freedom. You get to be in, obsessed with what you do every single day. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's so beautiful. And you have to be willing to be okay with giving yourself time off, be, being the one that like giving yourself validation, um, not having a boss to approve things for you, a fluctuating income, like the things that come with it that aren't super glamorous. Mm -hmm. You have to like be okay with both. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. There's so much contrast and polarity in this experience. It's like, yes, we have hundred percent creative freedom and we get to work with our gifts and work with like people that feel like soul sisters and we're obsessed with, and we're on fire for what we do and freedom. And, and we have the potential to earn so much more than we could in corporate. Like there's so much potential and then, like you said, there's also like the fluctuations, the instability, you being your own boss, it's just you and you, it's lonely. There's rejection. It's uncomfortable putting yourself out there. There, everything that you do is public and it's seen by everyone. And like, there's, there's so, yeah, there's, so, it's such a rich experience, but it's also like rich on both ends. Like there's, it's a very contrasting experience. Yeah. Like we, we want to. I think it goes back to what we talked about earlier with like expectations. Like yeah, you start a business, you have to believe in yourself. You can't be like, well, maybe this will work and maybe it won't. Like, no, you're going to believe it's going to work and you're going to stick to that. And your whole job mm -hmm. is going to be convincing yourself to believe in that and overcoming <laughs> every belief that says you can't. So you have to expect it to work out. But like I expected, um, I probably thought by now I'd be like a millionaire in my business. Like literally, yeah. because that's what everyone says on, not everyone, but there's a lot of business coaches that are selling you on like, you know, you can sign my, join my program and you'll be making $20,000 a month in, three months from now. It's like, okay. <laughs> um, so the expectations for me were wildly like ridiculous. Also being a perfectionist, I've, I've healed a lot of my perfectionism. It's still, you know, still comes around. But at this time I was hardcore perfectionist. So my expectations for myself were unrealistic in every area of life. That's something perfectionists do. Mm -hmm. So on top of all, all of that combined. Um, so anyways, it's like in the manifestation world, we're often hearing like, just focus on what you want. But we have to focus on what we want and be and have positive expectations that aren't so narrow and like, let it be like, we expect the best for this. We expect the highest outcome. Like we, instead of pigeonholing ourselves that it has to look a certain way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's okay. There's so many things coming through. So I think one, just like you said, like it's okay. Ourselves as the person that's choosing to lead this path and to have our own businesses, it's, can we hold the vision? Can we hold the desire? Can we expect the best possible, fastest growth and ultimately meet ourselves where we are again and again and again and not make it wrong, honor our timing, recognize nuance as well that like, yes, all of these beautiful things are possible. And we all start from different places. Some people start and they've already been public speaking, or they've already had a huge online presence, or they've been a social media influencer, or they did coaching in their corporate job. And so they're like an incredible fucking coach or like whatever. And so then for them or someone, maybe someone was already making like tens of thousands of dollars a month in a really fancy corporate job. And so their money set point is already higher. And so then they come in and it's easier for them to normalize making big amounts of money. And so I think we can understand the nuance of like, yes, all these things are possible and timing depends, like circumstances depend. 
And then what else did I want to say? Then I think it's also about, I think maybe one of the things that we could do better as like an industry is letting people in on the types of people that are actually like, or the qualities that we have to have to be cut out for this. Like, yes, we can experience easeful success. And often when we're aligned with our purpose, it will feel more easeful, but that doesn't mean it it doesn't require a ton of commitment, a ton of grit, a ton of devotion, a ton of showing up when it's uncomfortable and you don't feel like it, a ton of holding yourself accountable. Like, All of those things are absolutely required. And that doesn't mean it's not an experience of useful success because you love it and you're passionate about it. And when the success happens, it comes in an aligned way. So that's something I think we could do a better job of is like, when we say useful success, it doesn't mean like this entitlement of I'm just going to be lazy or put out a few posts and make 10K my first month here. Like that's not what we're talking about when we say ease and flow. And then three is... This idea that we've, well, maybe let me, let me let you respond to that. And then I'll bring up idea three, if you have anything that you want to say to that. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so true. And, you know, I've been business coaching for several years now. And I, a lot of, a lot of the business coaching people that we tend to follow, like when we're new to to coaching is they're saying, it's like, almost feels like anyone could do this. Like, this is for you. If you're interested in this, you can do this that's like not the case. Like it's, yeah, it feels, it almost feels like the, the messaging is like the, if you, as long as you have a desire, that's enough. Yeah. And it's not, it's not enough. Like, yes, your desire. I do believe like your desires are reflections of what's meant for you. So if you have a desire, I think this is meant for you and it's possible for you, but that alone is not going to be enough. (laughs) Like it's also how devoted are you? to the whole experience, not just when it's easy, not just the glamorous results, but the contrasting, polarizing, full range experience that this truly is, because those are the people that will ultimately succeed. Those are the people that will go the long run, I think, in this, on this path or in this industry. Right. Yeah. I mean, if you're not willing to do things that scare you every day, you know what I mean? And and push through fear constantly. You're going to fucking hate that. The other thing is most people would fucking hate my job. I feel like people look at my, my job and, and your job and what we do on Instagram and they probably think, oh man, that looks like. She just like takes a few life. selfies. Like she just yeah. takes a few selfies and she's done. And like drinks her cacao and like dances. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. But like, okay. The reality is most people would fucking hate my job. Most people don't have the self-motivation. Most people don't have the determination and the, you know, yeah, the grit, the, this is fucking happening no matter what the fuck it takes. I'm never fucking (laughs) giving up. The willingness to show up with a picture that I don't like of myself, you know, in the beginning, especially posting pictures, being so afraid and, um, and doing it anyways. And Mm -hmm. And I also think talking about like what the industry could do better. I feel like we, we almost sell the coaching, um, coaching and jobs like this, as if this is just like a career path where you, cause like a career path, you would often choose it for money, right? You, you have a career so you can make money and live a life. This mm-hmm. is not that like, if you're starting this to make money, that's that's not enough either because you have to be willing to show up and and you have to have this like passion for what you're doing in order to show up with like creative content every day no Mm -hmm. matter what 
Yes. And that path, like that, that passion cannot be, I don't believe like for like forced or faked because it, it, it takes such an enormous amount of passion because the passion has to outweigh the, the pain of discomfort, the pain of like humiliating yourself publicly of facing rejection of getting hater comments of losing relationships in real life. Like, uh, it's a crazy amount of passion that's required to be willing to do like all the shit that's required <laughs> to be able to yeah. show up every single day. Yeah, I I just read a book called, was it The Code of the Extraordinary Mind? And he talks about this and he talks about like, it's like a mission. It's a calling. When it's a calling, it doesn't matter. None of that matters. When it's a calling, it doesn't even matter if I make money or not. Like yes. you can make money and you will make money and you can, you can make money like for sure, but it doesn't matter. It's your calling. You would do it for free. You would do it because it's inside of you and it has to come out of you. That's what's required a mission and a calling that you are so driven by that you'll walk through fire. And like, I mean, talk about haters. Like I, I don't, I haven't had like a ton of haters. Like I like much less than I think people would think. But like mm-hmm. the biggest haters for me have been family and mm-hmm. I get hate comments and stuff from family pretty often. Um, relative aunts, usually I'm just going to be honest. It's my, it's my aunts on both <laughs> sides. Like even my husband's like aunts. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's up with the aunts. It's also only mostly. I have a lot mostly, of bitchy aunts too. <laughs> it's mostly Facebook though. Yeah. Because Facebook's more hatery and like trolly. Mm -hmm. So I think it also depends where you are, but when you have a calling, you will have a hater comment from her, that aunt, and still have to go see her on Thanksgiving and you don't give a fuck because, I mean, (laughs) and like, I'm not saying there were times when I gave a fuck much more, like the first couple of years were a lot harder for sure, but, um, it didn't, it wasn't going to stop me because it was that calling. Yep. Yeah, I think that's it's it's almost it feels like it's harder to not do it than it is to do it like that if if that's what it feels like for you you'll you'll be fine like you'll succeed (laughs) but if it that's how much it's like that's how that's how deep the calling runs that it's like I literally have to get this out of me there's no other option like the thought of not doing it is actually more painful than the experience of having a hater comment and having to go meet my aunt that I'm choosing this. (laughs) Exactly. And that's all wrapped up in a bow is like, it's worth it. It's so worth it. Oh, absolutely. And like, if you truly have the calling and you're dedicated and you're like in it to win it and you're never stopping and you love it, the other stuff, the hater comments, the fluctuations, the times when Instagram just like drops you and your algorithm goes out the door and you want (laughs) to die. Like those times are catapults for growth. Those times are okay. Like those are are a chance to drop into surrender and Mm -hmm. drop into releasing the outcomes and drop into more of your calling. You know what, what, what do I want to do now? Like I'm going to show up however I want. Like, what is that? It's all good, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I love surrender and that's a concept that I draw on all the time. And it's like, a, and it goes back as well, as well to this conversation about expectations and outcomes. Like I think that we can, yes, be devoted and committed to the ultimate long-term outcome and vision. And then also 
drop the um, the attachment to immediate gratification because if you if you need immediate gratification also this is not going to be <laughs> a good industry because some days you'll get that and it'll be all over the place and you're receiving all the love and the nice comments and the clients love you and the calls are amazing and everybody wants to be on your podcast and like whatever it is and then other days it's like you get a hater comment or the algorithm's low or no one's telling you that your thing is good enough or whatever and if, if, yeah. So if you need external validation or if you, sorry, if you need instant gratification, like this is probably going to be a really either not the right path or a very confronting, difficult path. Yeah. I also want to talk about quickly this, like this came up a little bit earlier, like this idea of this arrival point, like this idea that, okay, once I get to this milestone, I'll have it all figured out and it'll finally be easy and I'll never have fears anymore. And like, it'll just be smooth sailing. <laughs> and I think that's an illusion. And I think that's a false expectation that a lot of people have is that like, okay, one day I'll get over all of this discomfort and I'll no longer feel like I'm pushing my comfort zone. I'll just, I'll just be confident all the time. And that hasn't been my experience. I think there's always a new edge. There's always a, a level of discomfort. There's always fear. There's always limiting beliefs. Like that doesn't go away. And it's not to say that it doesn't get easier at all. It definitely gets easier. And I think we are always raising our set point and our baseline so that we're not having to take as much time, like doing the same healing work, inner work, mindset work every day. But to say that it just goes away <laughs> is hasn't been my experience. Totally. Yeah, it's always going to be there. It's like that new levels, new devils. It's like you're also like at like a lot of things do get easier, but then you naturally with growth of being a human, then you desire to do the next thing. Maybe you're going to desire to like speak in public, you know, versus like on the podcast or maybe you right. want to like for me, like writing a book was a huge new level of vulnerability because it was a permanent piece of content versus like one podcast episode, right? Yeah. It's like, um, and everyone's going to read it. Like, you know, my aunts and stuff, <laughs> they're definitely reading that. Yes. Maybe. But so, so it's like, there's going to be those new things you want to, you want to do that are definitely challenging. And then also like the longer that you're in it, you will have likely increased your expectations for yourself and the mm -hmm. some putting more pressure on yourself and expecting yourself to like hit all these new milestones and hit all these new metrics and, always be growing every year, constantly never going down. So it's, yeah, it's, it stays challenging, but that's also so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because it's also the greatest path of personal development and healing. It just, if you, if you have any desire to heal or become the best version of yourself, like entrepreneurship will just do that for you. Like you won't even yeah. have to prioritize it. It will just demand that of you. Yeah. Because <laughs> half of your job every day is working on your money mindset because you have to, or like, yeah, like working on all these different parts of yourself, healing, like your self-worth things, like things, those are required. So it is really cool because then part of your job becomes like growth, personal growth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I want to ask you too, I think this is probably like the last little topic or question before we wrap up that I'd love to hear your thoughts on. It's like, if you've ever experienced with success and holding new levels of success, this idea or this fear that it was like a fluke or this 
fear of then losing it all. I know we've, we were kind of talking about this, like this pressure to maintain and then keep one upping that. But then also I think another fear is like, what if I lose it? What if that, like when we just hit like a new high month and then we think it's all going to go away or we think it just happened by chance, but we worry about recreating that consistently. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, It's definitely the whole thing is like such a mind game you know, and um, it's very easy to wonder. It's almost like people in general have this idea that like, if I had more money, I'd be happier. If I had the next bigger house, car, whatever, I'd be happier. If this thing would just happen, I'd be happier. Like, um, and the reason that's not true, there's many reasons that's not true. But one of them is that like, with with more success there is more of that fear of like well now I have more to lose you know and Mm -hmm. more to lose could be prestige or you know what I mean because it's like the validation it's like the number of followers it's like the podcast downloads it could be that it could be income it could be whatever you know Mm -hmm. what if I what if I write another book and it's not as popular as my first one like what if the best if the best is behind me or what if you could go on and on yes that and I think it brings us right back to our first conversation about like breath work and meditation and being centered because I think a lot of our problems are just caused by overthinking and if we just are rooted in that stillness we can have those fleeting thoughts and moments of like what if I can't recreate this or what if it all goes away but we're rooted in like my worth is within so it doesn't even matter like Mm-hmm. my calling so I would just keep doing it again like I would just show up again you know yeah yeah I love how full circle this conversation is and I love that you know it's so cool that breathwork is a part of what you teach because not only does that help us live more present lives but it's directly it sounds like it's directly helped you with your entrepreneurship journey and that's why for me feminine energy is like the core of everything that I teach as well because it's like yes, the quality of how we're living our lives. And then also like that ability to be at peace in the stillness, that ability to be at peace in slowness in in cycles of life, the ability to surrender and soften throughout the entrepreneurship journey is also so important. Yeah. So I love how just all of this is so integrated. And I think in the way that both of us live our lives, like what we, I think we really practice what we teach. I mean- <laughs> sounds silly saying that about ourselves, but like genuinely knowing you and meeting you in person, like I can say that I've observed that about you and I love how integrated it it all is, like all of the pieces that you teach. Yeah. I feel the same about you. I feel like you're like, you're a walking embodiment of that feminine energy. And that's, that's also like part of our jobs. And like, it depends, like there's people that run different types of coaching businesses where that might not be a part, but for a lot of us, Mm -hmm. like that is the job to be a walking embodiment of what you're teaching. That's what's going to get people to be able to feel like they can trust you and vibe with you and want to hire you and work with you. hundred percent. Oh my God. Well, we could keep talking, I'm sure, but we're going to have another conversation next week. We'll have another interview for Leah's podcast. So maybe we'll save all the other things for that day. So before we wrap up, love, tell everyone where they can find you if they want to connect with you and want to know more about what you do. 
Yeah. So my podcast is Bare Naked Soul. My Instagram is It's Leah Pardee. And yeah, those are the two biggest places to come and check me out. Amazing. Well, thanks so much for coming on. This was so fun. This was amazing. And I can't (laughs) wait to talk to you again soon. I know. We'll have to, for real, be better about our Zoom calls and checking in on each other. (laughs) For real. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you so much for listening to the Goddess Talk podcast. If you enjoy this show, I would love so much if you subscribed and left a five-star rating and review. And if you liked this episode, be sure to share it so we can spread this mission together far and wide. You can connect with me on Instagram at I am Kristen Lynch and head to goddessbrandco.com for show notes and ways to work with me. Sending so much love and I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.